So this morning we're going to begin uh, again reading from the book of Galatians in the fifth chapter, verses 22 and 23. Now listen to what the Spirit is saying. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. Our second reading is from the book of Romans in the 8th chapter, starting in verse 22. Listen again to what the Spirit is saying. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, may the meditations of all our hearts and the words of my mouth be acceptable and pleasing to you. Amen. Uh, Not long after I agreed uh, to preach on the subject of patience as part of this sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit, I heard a story on the radio about the Stanley Cup that caught my attention. It was around the time uh, that the Washington Capitals were leading the Stanley Cup series over the Vegas Golden Knights. The Stanley Cup, if you don't know, is the highest achievement in national men's hockey, and neither the Caps or the Knights had, at that point, won the championship. So neither team had had the Stanley Cup, and NPR sports commentator Mike Peschka was wondering about which team's fans were most deserving. Um, How would the fans react? The Vegas Golden Knights um, had a meteoric journey to the Stanley Cup Finals. In fact, this was the Knights' first season in the league. Brand new team. Things were a little bit different for the Washington Capitals, however, who had been in the National Hockey League for 43 years without winning a championship. Peshka used the word long-suffering to describe the Capitals' fans. He suggested that, you know, people generally think uh, waiting is okay, right? Especially in sports. We have this wisdom, um, kind of this common wisdom about uh, practice makes perfect. Uh, Patience is a virtue. Good things come to those who wait, right? And so the fans then that have waited the longest, who have suffered the most, they're the most deserving of the championship. This was his speculation. And so Peshka wanted to dig a little deeper into what it meant to be long-suffering. And believe it or not, he used the Greek word makthrumia on the air. Yes, it caught my attention. I'm driving along, and I, I think, what? He says the Greek word makthrumia, which is used for patience, Um, often is translated, um, can mean long-suffering. And so he was talking about what does it mean to be long-suffering? It's taking pressure without falling apart. 
And so he joked that some sports fans do this better than others. You know, the Chicago Cubs, they're sort of endearing in their long-suffering, right? And even cute um, while they waited to win the, the World Series. Maybe not so much for Dodger fans, right? But, um, and then the Cleveland Browns, right? Um, this is a, a fan base that sort of jokes and celebrates their lack of championships. I mean, last year they had a parade through town after they had a season with no wins. So, um, but Peshka also acknowledged that there are lots of teams, uh, fans, who don't suffer very well at all. I grew up in Colorado. We Broncos fans waited a long time for our first Super Bowl, <laughs> so after five tries. So anyway, some fans suffer better than others. But as you probably know by now, the Capitals won the championship, thank goodness, after 43 years, and the fans went nuts. One headline read, and it's up here, Capitals fans lose their collective minds after Washington's first cup. After 44 NHL seasons, the Caps are bringing the Stanley Cup to the nation's capital. So here we have uh, the veteran player, 15 seasons he waited, uh, hoisting the cup, no teeth, no front teeth, of course. And... Um, so apparently the streets of Washington were flooded with Capitals fans. I mean, this huge turnout, the city blocks, a, a sea of red of fans wearing their Capitals jerseys. And we sort of love this idea of the long-suffering team that finally gets the big win. There's something about the wait, the anticipation of victory, that makes it that much sweeter to finally grasp the coveted trophy. But... I think if we're honest with ourselves, in most circumstances, we don't find waiting to be particularly appealing at all. And the fruit of the Spirit we're looking at this week, patience, is all about waiting. So the Greek word, as we learned on NPR Sports, that the word for patience is related to several concepts. Long-suffering, but also endurance, forbearance, steadfastness. Patience has to do with people and their response to others. In his letter to the Galatians, the Apostle Paul is dealing with questions of how believers in that church, both Gentile and Jew, should relate to each other. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on this church in Galatia. And the experience of the Spirit has created a bond between these early Christians, establishing their fellowship and a common foundation. They had heard from Paul and from other disciples of Christ. They had heard the story of Christ crucified. They had responded in faith. They'd been baptized in Jesus' name. And now they've committed themselves to a new way of life. And this experience of the Spirit is reflected in their lives, Paul says, by the fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's like what's happening inside and throughout their community is expressed outwardly by the fruit that they bear. And so the Spirit-filled believers in Galatia are learning to live out their Christian faith, live out the fruit of the Spirit, the character of Christ, will be displayed as they do that. So that through their love and their joy, their peace, 
their patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These fruit of the Spirit are in view to others, and they also nourish their community. Like the Galatians, we are a community of faith, seeking to live out the experience of the Spirit. We want to bear fruit, including patience. But how do we understand the disposition of patience? It seems to me that we appreciate some concepts around patience, like perseverance or endurance. But patience or long-suffering or forbearance, eh, maybe we appreciate those a little less. We admire people who persevere, who endure. But how do we feel about those who are patient? Being patient implies yielding control to another. So rather than being an actor, being active, being patient is being the one acted upon. And that sometimes can be associated with weakness or resignation, simply resigning oneself to take whatever comes without taking action or raising our voice. From this perspective, patience can seem like simply doing nothing. And I don't think we have a lot of respect for doing nothing. And this kind of an attitude about patience can cause us to neglect or even dismiss cultivating patience in our own lives. But patience is central to the Christian life. One writer sees an obstacle to a life of patience as related to the impact of our culture's temporal habits. We segment time. We regulate it. We can hardly think of time without understanding it as something that we cut up into pieces and parcel out and schedule and manage. We hoard time as if it's a resource that we possess. So we spend time, we save time, we waste time, we invest time. People are a drain on our time. How can we hope to be patient when we see others as an intrusion on our time? This sort of mindset makes it difficult to think of time as a gift from God. And so subsequently, I think we end up exalting productivity. The way we segment time as a scarce resource actually leads us to create the conditions for a new virtue, productivity. And now we fall into a perception of time that means we have to have something to show for it. We expect something in return for our time. I see my children laughing because <laughs> I admit, and they would agree, I am supremely guilty of approaching time with this mentality. I confess before you all. <laughs> I've got to make every minute count. Nothing can be wasted. And if it is wasted, I feel resentful. Nothing like preparing a sermon on patience to bring this all to light. Um, thank you, Matt Caldwell. <laughs> but as I reflected on the fruit of the Spirit and patience in particular, I would argue that this culturally acceptable view of time, this perception of time as a scarce commodity, 
negatively impacts our character and stifles our Christian formation. The Bible offers a different account of time. Jesus tells parables that reveal the patience of God. Stories like the parable of the sower or the parable of the mustard seed, these call to mind a process involved in Christian discipleship. A sower plants seeds and will wait to see how they grow under various conditions. A tiny mustard seed is planted and grows into a flourishing tree. These parables portray a God who takes seemingly insignificant things and over time grows them into something vibrant and well-rooted. God is not slow. God is deliberate and purposeful, but God is not in a hurry. Patient and steadfast, God is not afraid to wait. There are actually researchers who study waiting. There's a whole branch of mathematics called queuing theory that is devoted to studying the mechanics and psychology of waiting in line. Yep, in the case of a pizzeria in Brooklyn, these experts asked, would you wait an hour for a slice of pizza? This is a picture of Defara's Pizza. It's been around for over 50 years, and many consider it the best pizza in New York City. I, I haven't been there. I heard a podcast about it. Um, it. This podcast was hosted by a food writer who wanted to check out the pizza, as well as consider the economy of waiting in lines. So DeFaris has been run by the same man, Dom DeMarco, who's in his 80s, and he makes the majority of the slices they serve. He cuts the basil, chops the oregano, he grates the cheese on each slice, import, it's all imported from Italy, everything is made by hand, so that each slice is truly unique. It's a slow process, but Dom does not want to make the process go any faster. Even with a really long line of hungry patrons, he says it's better this way. He says, that's how you get a perfect slice, by going slow. At Defara's, people get fooled. They think that the line's gonna move quickly because they approach the window to order. That happens fairly fast. Um, so they give their order, but then that's when the real wait begins. So they've got this long line, expectations are building, people get hungry, they think, gee, if the line is this long, the pizza must be really good. MIT professor Dick Larson, who was part of the podcast, he talked about the psychology of, of lines and what happens when people wait. And there's different sort of rules about best waiting, best waiting practices. A single line is better. That way people feel like it's fair. They didn't end up in the wrong line. Oh no, I got in the wrong line. Uh, it's good to have the line moving. People like that, even if they wait the same amount of time in a line that doesn't really move. Distraction is good. Anyone who's been to Disneyland knows all about how they've mastered that. And waiting with the right people is a definite bonus. So after almost an hour, the food writer and the professor got their pizza. Was it worth the wait? They thought it was worth the wait. And not just for the slice of pizza, but the whole experience was worthwhile for them. 
It was the people, the craft of Dom DeMarco, the flavors. It was all part of the experience of waiting. I share this story because it relates to reimagining our view of time. That's what patience is, looking at time with a distinct perspective. Being patient means becoming a good waiter. What does waiting well look like? In chapter 8 of Romans, we see talk about waiting, but it's a particular kind of waiting. In, in this passage from Romans, there's a waiting between times, between this present age and the age to come, between present frustrations and sufferings and the glory that will be fully revealed when Christ returns. I think reflecting on this kind of waiting in this context can inform all our waiting. So similar to what we saw in Galatians, in Paul's letter to the Romans, he also links the concept of the indwelling of the Spirit to living a Christian life. The Spirit not only indwells believers, but the Spirit empowers believers to live a life that exhibits the fruit of the Spirit. From verse 22 in Romans 8, we know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly while we wait for adoption. Paul reminds the Roman church that because of Christ's work, they have been adopted into God's family. And through this adoption, they have a new status as children of God. In verse 23, Paul refers to this gift of the Spirit as the first fruits, a metaphor that stems from Israel's practice of bringing the first fruits of the harvest to the temple in acknowledgement that the entire yield of the land is the gift of God. God has given the Spirit to believers as a pledge of the full harvest that is to come. There is security in knowing that one belongs to God in the present, having been in adopted into God's family by the Spirit. Believers experience the Spirit's freedom and power in the present as a first installment that, of a final fulfillment that is to come. Now, I think this can be kind of confusing. <laughs> I mean, what do we mean? Don't these verses in Romans say believers are already adopted as children of God by the Spirit? So why do we groan with creation for adoption? Well, I think when I tried to think of what it might be like, I thought it's sort of like being in escrow. <laughs> and Jason and Lara Burns, I tried to find a photo of, of, of the Burns team with an escrow sign, but all your signs are sold. <laughs> no in escrow. So before I bought my first home, I had heard of this mysterious concept called escrow. It was a mystery to me. I didn't really understand what it meant. Homebuyers would say, we're in escrow. Well, does that mean they own a house? Yes, but they don't have the keys to the front door. They haven't moved in yet. Escrow is this period where the offer to buy the house 
has been accepted by the seller, and the seller has committed to relinquishing the house to its new owners. But the new owners are in a period of waiting. They're in escrow. During this period, there are inspections, there are loans to be approved. Unlike escrow, however, Romans 8 is talking about a reality that has already been affected. The sale is final. You get the keys to the house, no question. No inspection will change that reality. No loans will fall through. But you do have to wait. Christians live in a season of waiting. Through the Spirit, we have received the first fruits of the harvest, but we still await the fullness of the harvest to come. The rest of the harvest, though perhaps not yet fully ripe, is sure to follow these first fruits. And so we wait in patience. Verse 25, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Patience means being willing to let what is unknown remain unknown. It is not a lessening of expectancy, but it's an attitude of openness and trust. And there's an active and passive aspect to waiting. There's this active stretching out, a, a reaching in anticipation. But there's also a passive remaining still. The difficulty of waiting is found in the tension between these. Truly to wait is to remain poised in expectation and yet ungrasping, confident, watching and not yet seeing, hoping and trusting. We live out our faith through patient waiting, and we have the enabling power of the Holy Spirit to help and inspire us as we wait. We are led by the Spirit. This means that the Spirit makes possible the very life that is required of us. The Spirit stimulates both the eagerness and the patience needed to wait. Although believers have this experience of the Spirit, it doesn't always show in our lives, does it? The pervading culture's perception of time and productivity can hinder the growth of genuine patience. So how do we cultivate patience? With the Spirit's empowering and gracious presence, I think we can plant seeds of patience into the soil of our lives in ways that will, over time, bear fruit. We can remember our story. When we gather together as a community in corporate worship, we tell God's story. We practice and enact um, witness to God's story. And God is patient. God works slowly and diligently over generations to create a people who are faithful. How God relates to people is a model and offers us a different understanding of time. We can regard time differently. God's work in the past provides hope in the present and the future. The future belongs to a God who has been faithful in the past. So we need not fear time as threatening our own achievements or agendas. And our lives can embody a different rhythm. Waiting is built into the church's story. 
Think of the liturgical year, Advent especially. That is a season dedicated to cultivating a spirit of anticipation and patience. Observing Sabbath is another rhythm that makes us better waiters. As part of our ongoing reflection on the fruit of the Spirit, let's think about ways to practice waiting well, ways we can each cultivate patience in our lives, in our community. Maybe we change our language about time, and we don't speak about it as something we possess, but we talk about time in ways that remind us it is a gift from God. So we devote our time instead of investing it, maybe. We might look for places where we can intentionally do things slower. Walking somewhere when we could drive. Or making something by hand when we could just buy it. Perhaps we see waiting in line as an opportunity to rest in an uncluttered moment and simply be still. And we should pray for patience. The Spirit is an enabling divine presence that brings about our transformation. Praying for this fruit that may take ages to blossom will move us toward patience. But fruit does not grow overnight. There is time between spring and harvest. So led by the Spirit, let us strive to be a people who wait well, who are patient, with ourselves, with each other. And by bearing this fruit, others may know we are children of God. Amen.